0: Roger, 4807, approaching runway 7. The Air Force has announced the creation of a new information operations technical training school. First Command
1: simply must arm our airmen to outthink, outperform, outpartner, outinnovate any potential adversary.
0: Air Force basic military training has an updated curriculum with a new focus on readiness and lethality. <laughs> this is the Developing Mach 21 Airmen podcast. Hey, hey, everybody, welcome in to Developing Mach 21 Airmen, and thanks for the subscribe, stream, or download, however you might be listening in today. If you get a chance to throw us some stars or even a review our way, we certainly would appreciate that as well. My name is Dan Hawkins from the Air Education and Training Command Public Affairs Team and your host for this professional development podcast dedicated to bringing Total Force Big A Airmen insight, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from the recruiting, training, and education field episode number 17 of the podcast and it's a good one it features lieutenant colonel jamie wiley and mr vincent Villanueva, the director and deputy director respectively from the headquarters aetc occupational competencies branch and they're talking about their charge and efforts to break old training mindsets and develop competency models across the air force's 266 career fields and this really is the first of many podcasts to come that really focus on the force development mission here of the headquarters AETC team. Just recently, Lieutenant General Webb unveiled the priority areas for the first command as we move forward and advancing force development is one of the four major priority areas that also include enhancing lethality and readiness, transforming the way we learn and cultivating an environment of excellence as our mission statement, we recruit, train, and educate exceptional airmen. So lots going on in the force development arena across the First Command, and we want to let you know what the staff here is doing to help enable force development across the force and make it matter across an airman's career. So talking about this effort, we're gonna first Talk about what competencies are and that they combine the knowledge and skills needed to complete a task with the behaviors and other skills, softer skills, if you will, such as stress management, teamwork, or leadership. And really, they lay the foundation for force development, tying directly into the profession of arms and making airmen more well-rounded. And additionally, career fields can also use these competencies as they look to fill positions across the force uh, in those particular AFSCs in an effort to help in the Air Force Chief of Staff, General David Goldfein's focus on revitalizing squadrons. So there's a lot of different uses these occupational competencies will play a part in. And this effort to create a scalable template for career fields uh, to use to build these competencies really got started a couple of years ago with... A program guidance letter directing the AETC commander be dual-hatted as the force development commander. And so the last, um, or excuse me, the first career field manager brief was last November and the team's first study was in February of this year. And so far, 22 career fields are in some phase of occupational competency development. Well, Lieutenant Colonel Wiley and Mr. Villanueva Talk to the why these competencies matter to airmen and how they can help the Air Force give airmen the skills they need to be successful in a given job, as well as give a ton of great examples of how they build these competencies in conjunction with the career fields and in a cross-functional manner that's really pretty efficient. And there's also some humor from Vinny, gives a great analogy about What happens under an iceberg, you definitely don't want to miss that, as well as discussion on how these competencies, once they're developed, can be left loaded into the formal training environment to give airmen a jumpstart on learning the competencies they will need down the road to be more successful. So let's get to it. Let's talk occupational competency model development. Episode number 17 of Developing Mach 21 Airmen starts right now. So, Colonel Wiley, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Uh, I am a C-130 Navigator by my initial trade. Um, so I'm a 12 Mike, and then uh, when Navs went away, because the J models came online, I went to uh, the T-1. And so I've been with the T-1 since 2012. Um, and I've been here on staff with ATC for about a year within the competencies division.
0: And, Vinny, you... Uh have an interesting background, just because you're a civilian, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh,
1: yeah, sure. Um, so uh, Vincent Villanueva. Um, I've been at Headquarters ATC for about almost three years, maybe two and a half-ish uh, type of thing. Um, uh, instructional Systems Specialist by trade. Um, I've kind of been working in the training development or training and education world for maybe the last 13, 14 years, both in the Air Force and tech training and in the public sector and education. Um, and kind of been doing uh, ATC kind of work uh, for the last 10 years.
0: So So today we're going to talk a little bit about occupational competencies and the work that your branch has been doing now that, you know, the force development mission is front and center and General Webb is the force development commander. But first off, I think a lot of people would be like, what is the occupational competencies branch? What is it that you do?
2: So we are one of three branches within the Competencies Division. and it, that, When the reorg uh, happened in late 2017 or early 2018, um, and a lot of those divisions that everybody's familiar with went down to 19th Air Force, a, a few Force Development Divisions were stood up. And one of those is the Competencies Division. And inside of that, we have the Foundational Branch, the Occupational Branch, and the Joint Branch. So uh, Vinnie and I are from the Occupational Branch.
0: So this push to develop competencies, uh, it actually started a few years ago. Can you kind of talk to that piece of this and how the the mission to really get at the competency uh, piece of force development got started?
2: So the there was a corona a few years back um, that identified the ATC commander as the force development commander. Um, and From that, the PGL stated that the force development commander would own the foundational competencies and to um, implement, validate, assess all of those, and that's what the foundational branch has been doing. Meanwhile, our directive from the PGL was to assist career field managers um, to develop their competencies for their career field and how they want to develop um, individuals over the, uh, the course of their career, not just within formal training or PME, but how do we do that outside of outside of the traditional manner. And so that's basically our mission statement as well as we assist career fields in whatever aspect they need to develop um, and validate their competencies.
0: And we talked a little bit about it a few days ago when we first met, but you talked about creating a, a template that is scalable. And so that's a big part of what you guys have been doing over the last you know, nine, 10 months, right, is creating something that, that will work for the 260 plus career fields that the Air Force has.
2: Correct. So that was, um, so So we interpreted, our our mission was to have something that was scalable and, and usable um, for the career fields so that it didn't matter, It just as long as they had a process to come up with their competencies, because we knew their competencies were going to be different. Um, every career field is different and unique. Um, so we needed something that they could use. Um, but that could be repeatable. And that's the, the process that Vinny has uh, developed. And we've been able to prove that um, with multiple uh, career fields now up to 22. Um, and we're, they're in different phases. And yeah, so we, uh, we feel we have met at least the intent of that um, directive from the PGL, that we have a scalable and repeatable process. Um, and our initial deadline was June of 2020. And, and we met that in July of this year.
0: Well, and General Webb just really outlined his new mission, vision, priorities for the First Command just a couple of days ago, and and one of the big priorities, of course, is advanced force development. But competencies also tie into uh, a CSAF focus area, which is revitalizing squadrons. Yeah,
1: correct. So, I mean, so this we're going get interesting. So it kind of gets into so probably like a little bit of the next topic where we're talking about kind of that that why uh, type of thing. So you hear those those I want to say buzzwords. Sorry. Right. Anyways, uh, you hear these things about like, hey, uh, uh, you know, vitalizing the squadron, right? Uh, Competence based learning. How can we help develop and, and empower the force to do better things, to be mission ready uh, type of things? And it really truly starts with competencies uh, and it kind of starts working on yeah, why are we doing competencies and how can it really truly help? the airmen out there in the career forward i mean mean airmen i mean big a right your your officers your civilians your enlisted uh airmen out there uh jobbing in every day how can we truly help them uh and competencies tries to kind of it's kind of just a new paradigm to kind of get after how do we grow and develop people as a whole throughout their their continuum uh, of service uh which uh so uh you know right now i always say hey look if you think about a top performing individual that you know uh, um, what makes them top performing, right? Uh, I, I highly doubt you'll probably think of the tasks, right? I highly doubt you'll think of like, well, I know they're they're top performing because they know the definition of this or they know these two principles or that they can go into uh, a Word document and build a table to the exact specifications that, that I just prefer looking at. We don't think in those terms. We say, hey, look, what makes that top performing an individual a top performer? And a lot of times it's those behaviors, those those things that you see day in and day out. Uh, You rarely kind of think of those tasks, uh, but the way we're kind of currently structured in the Air Force, we're very task-based, task-centric on how we kind of grow and develop people in just about every way we kind of manage or the career fields manage their, their pipelines and their, their, the talent management components of it. Uh, so with competencies, we we're really trying to kind of move away, I shouldn't say move away, but we're trying to do something uh, to tie it all together. Uh, I can do these 15 or 20 tasks, but what Why? What does that mean? What does that look like? It can translate into a specific behavior. So I can take uh, a specific set of tasks, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 tasks, and maybe identify a specific behavior the outcome, right? What is it ultimately that that I want you to display? I'm doing these things, but why am I doing these things day in and day out, or why am I getting signed off on something, uh, type of thing? Well, ultimately, it's because I need you to perform at this level because to do this job, this is what success looks like. This is the overarching kind of like uh, behavioral outcomes that we expect for you. Uh, imagine having that that skill set or that tool set kind of there for that airman um, uh, kind of helps them kind of connect all the pieces a little bit better. Uh, So that's kind of the the, the big
0: push that we're kind of doing uh, with competencies. So you talked about task, which is kind of that knowledge and skill based, but it's the soft skills and some of these other things that make up really truly a competency what are some of those soft skills or behaviors that you're kind of talking about that are not necessarily the task but the additional things that help a person or an airman do those tasks better okay perfect
1: that's a great question um so you know so usually we 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 love so we go around we talk to people about competencies and we always have like this iceberg if you walk into our building you're going to see an iceberg before you even walk in As you're walking to our building, we've got to plaster it around uh, throughout the building, uh, trying to tell people, hey look, so think about that last example we talked about, the top performing individuals, those behaviors that you see, kind of like an iceberg, right? It's those behaviors that you see at the top, but you know that underneath the water, there's a whole lot of stuff going on underneath. Uh, And that's ultimately what we're talking about when we're talking about how we can build competencies together. So you have something like knowledge, skills, abilities, and other characteristics uh, that are listed throughout the entire thing. Uh, underneath the surface uh, that manifests into those behaviors that ultimately helps us kind of get after competencies. Uh, right now, knowledge and skills is something we do, something we do very well in the Air Force, right? we All our STSs, CTSs, uh, our course task lists and guys. Uh,
2: Skills tests, no.
1: No, sorry. Uh, Specialty (laughs) training standards. uh, Excuse me. uh, uh, You know, when we look at how we train OJT or even at the schoolhouse formal training, it's all very knowledge and skills based. The thing is, a lot of times we're ignoring all the other things. We're ignoring those abilities. Someone's ability to think critically, to think analytically, to 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 foster that innovation. Uh, Those are the types of things we don't intentionally try to try to grow in people or teach them or develop them. And then we go even deeper underneath the surface of that of that entire uh, iceberg, and we start. Looking at those other characteristics right self-control uh we start thinking about resiliency uh perseverance or grit mm-hmm. uh those types of things right uh, um, and once again those sometimes those are really squishy they can be really difficult to truly assess and measure but what if there's a way that we can actually take all those things the knowledge skills abilities other characteristics mush them together and then tell you okay yeah it, when i put all this together this ultimately manifests in these behaviors and i can give you that secret sauce and tell you that so uh like i said when you go back to how we currently do these uh, training and developing people we only focus on just two parts of that the knowledge and skills what if and that's what we're trying to do is, is making sure we walk with these career fields to help them capture the full picture of how we can actually build a better uh, airman to do the mission
2: because it's about that deliberate development that whole whole airman concept and what if i as a supervisor or as a trainer, or an instructor, or whatever position within the squadron that is a leadership position, having a candid conversation with one of my folks to say, okay, here you are at level one, or basic level, or whatever that we end up calling it, um, what the career field calling it, and say, all right, you're at this level, and you're able to execute. But I need you to move up in the level, and now I need you to be able to apply, analyze, lead, certain aspects of that competency but maybe there's something that's keeping you from doing that and maybe it's because you are not doing you need more teamwork opportunities or you need more self-confidence or you need some more communication skills so if i have those identified for those competencies those those other characteristics or abilities that are lower down on the iceberg but they've been validated by the careerful to say these soft skills these other characteristics are essential to get to higher levels of that competency. Now I can take a look and say, okay, well, you're, you're able to execute at this level, but I need you to do these other things. So maybe you have the ability to do it, but maybe it's one of these soft skills that we need to focus on to see if we can get you higher. To a higher level and a higher performance.
1: Correct. And you could even take it to the, so from that development standpoint, from that supervisor, even take it to the training and development side and how we can kind of get after competence based learning. So imagine if we're kind of leaving the world, you know, moving from a place where we're so, uh, you know, lecture based and so kind of sage on the stage kind of mentality, we're moving to that. Guide on the side. I did air quotes for you guys out there. Uh, but if we did guide on the side type of stuff and, and we started facilitated student centered learning, right? And more project based learning. Now imagine if I had, as a curriculum developer, I will tell you that's you know I, I live and die sometimes by those that the task list that the career field gives me. I want to make sure I develop training to meet those those line items and those tasks a uh, type of thing. If I knew what that secret sauce was, if I knew something like stress management was a key component to truly excel in a specific you know core technical competency, then I could as an instructional developer start including some stress management techniques to help the students and start that conversation early on in the career fields as they're progressing and as they're moving on and getting that experience in the career field. They'll they'll always kind of have that high to stress management is an important integral component
0: to, to really execute and do that specific job well. So it really sounds like this also advances that idea of, of really developing the force throughout their careers, not just a one-time check mark like a five-skill-level upgrade or a completion of a formal training course. These these are skills or competencies that they will use um, if learning earlier and they'll use throughout their careers. Correct, yeah.
2: Go ahead.
1: So, so yeah, as we work with SMEs, so we work with career fields to identify their competencies and build a competency model. And as we're working with uh, these high performing SMEs uh, in the room, they're, they're determining how, how do we, how do we look at, how do we determine what expert looks like? Uh, or basic level in, in, or intermediate or advanced level person looks like. Uh, and those are the conversations that they're having. Uh, sometimes they're, you know, they're breaking beyond that 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 mindset of three level, five level, seven level, because we know that every five level is built the same, not every seven level out there is built the same uh, type of thing. So they're actually able to determine the criteria of what success looks like for on the job, whether it could be something like, hey, look, you could be at the flight level and because you get enough of a uh, situation, you're dealing with enough situations or complex situations uh, type of thing, uh, and you're gaining this ex- wide breadth of experience on the job because you're constantly fixing the same thing or you're constantly having to develop some really neat things, uh, then I could become an expert there. Uh, there's also instances where maybe expertise isn't necessarily tied uh, that it's really difficult to really get at a specific place. So the SMEs can actually determine where that expertise comes from, where they can kind of scope it out, where, hey, look, yeah, you, you can't necessarily be at the flight or the squadron level. You may have to move to a match comp or you may have to move to a different organization like IMSC to truly get the wide breadth of experience that you need to become an expert. Uh, so the SMEs and the career folks definitely have uh, a strong part of that. And they have a voice to, to, to make sure, hey, look, how are we going to determine what expert looks like? Uh, and sometimes, yeah, it does break past that
0: that that current paradigm that we're living in with the five and seven skill levels of training. So, and you're kind of touching on it, but I really wanted to dive a little deeper there because we talked a little bit about cross functional teams to <laughs> identify some broad special – Because you, you think about 260 plus career fields in the Air Force, that that's a lot to do. So, how do you kind of maybe make that task a little bit easier? And one of the things we talked about earlier was cross functional teams to help identify those competencies. Correct.
1: Yeah, it, it's important. So, I mean, the last thing we want to do is, is cause enough, you know, Competency modeling, it's, it's a fine art, right? You know, you go too few and you're going to get to a really very broad kind of competencies that really nobody's going to know what to do with. We go too many, it's going to be over cumbersome. People aren't going to know what to do with this because I've got 50 pages of documents and, and competencies. And we're, once again, we're, it's all about that airman at the squadron giving back their time, revitalizing the squadron, taking care of their needs. And if we're not doing that, uh, you know, that's a fine line we don't want to walk down. So, like I said, there's that fine balance. So there are instances when we're working with communities like the two alphas or even on the pilot side that we're having those discussions upfront in our planning stage to find out, hey, look, what what exactly do you want from this competency model? And there are t- instances where we can actually get together and, and do maybe something like a cross-functional. Mm-hmm. So instead of maybe doing like every single two alpha career field for for the maintenance for the main, enlisted maintenance side, we may put all nine AFSCs in a room and, and kind of do a study with all nine AFSCs and find out what those cross-functional what they all have in common and then we can kind of go in and break out what maybe those specifics are and as we've done that usually it's been like three to maybe four of the specifics as opposed to maybe the ten or twelve cross-functional that all nine AFSCs kind of agreed to and we've done the same thing with the pilots as well.
2: Yeah so for the the pilots were you know they're they're very diverse and there's a there's a lot going on there between Mm. the differences in the aircraft and the differences in the mission sets Um, but there is know there's something that is common amongst all of them so how do we find out what that is we our first study was with um atc pilots and we made sure that we we got representation from all of the as many you know mission sets as, as we could um to figure out what was common amongst them and then we took that data we have since done an amc study for the for the pilots and we found out what they thought was common amongst them, and it was very similar. Um, some behaviors shifted just slightly. But then we went and dove into their um, mission sets specific to air land, air refueling, airdrop. drop. Um, our next goal is to then go and talk with AFSOC and ACC and Global Strike and to get their mission set specifics and then to further validate the cross-functional amongst them all so that either for the the training aspect, you know, what could we train at UPT versus what could we train at the FTDU and what could be trained in the operational unit? Um, those decisions can be made after they have a model, a starting place. Um, and then, but how do we also continue to develop them as the leaders of the Air Force? You know, they, they take on many command positions and, and they're kind of at that for- forefront. So how do we deliberately develop them to ensure that they're getting exposure at all levels, but to the ones that matter so that we make sure that we've got the ideal pilot at the end and a successful individual at the end of all their training and at, gets them to the end of their career. So
1: yeah, I think that's one of the great things about when we're building these models you know, I think hitting that part home is it's about developing the, the airmen. We want to be able to provide tools for that career for leadership team, whether it's, the, the guy sitting at half or is uh, that staff sergeant uh, at the unit kind of working, but dividing to those tools to help them develop that force. And that's one of the things that we actually do is we can actually take those competencies and actually map them out mm-hmm. to positions. Uh, Throughout the the, throughout that career field so we can do something like hey for let's take a career fields key developmental position. So if those career field leadership teams are doing something like vectoring at a DT or something uh, They can actually sit down with those competencies that are mapped out to to each job a specific job So if I know if I'm gonna send someone to be a superintendent at this specific uh, group, then, then hey, look, these are the specific competencies that map to that, where I have to be in advance for resource management, maybe for something very technical, I have to be maybe at an expert level for, for, for a specific skill set as well. Because
2: so. it's about, you know, kind of breaking that, IDing that secret sauce, but to not, not make the career path a secret. So as a second lieutenant, as an airman basic coming into my career field, I can take a look at, okay, if I want to be a commander in the end, these are the competencies that are required for me to do that, and at what level do I have to have them? So now I can look and see what jobs, compared to my career pyramid, that I need to take, but I also can kind of do a little bit of research on my own and try and develop some of those competencies on my own or have that conversation with my supervisor and say, okay, if I want to do this, I know I need to get to this level on this competency, what can I do? What opportunities can you give me and that I can take advantage of and go do um, to help so that during our next conversation or our next assessment, either I'm there or I'm not and now we have another conversation. Is there more experience and more opportunities that I need to have in order to do that? Or is there a job that I need to take that will help me get there? But having that conversation earlier, early in my career can help guide that path. You know, and it's not just, you know, the pilots were one example of how do we deliberately develop. We're having that same conversation with every career field during their study. Okay, well, not just the technical piece of how do we develop you, how do we develop you to be a leader? What are you doing? What do you, how do we get you to senior NCO? How do we get you to the chief if that's what you want to make, want to do? So we're having those conversations across the board with every career field.
0: And you guys kind of touched on it, but I I did want to kind of go into that just a little deeper was how we tie some of these competencies into that formal training piece that the AATC um, team owns and how do we implement or put those competencies uh, into the curriculum a little Mm -hmm. left left leaning so to speak uh, since we know the competencies that are required how what what do you envision or how do you see that looking uh,
1: so yeah so we've been we're, we're moving down this path so it's interesting so uh, so Colonel wiley was talking about how you know uh, the the someone being able to kind of take ownership uh, of of their own learning and their own destiny as far as hey look I I can see these competencies these are the behaviors that equate to success I'm curious on this position This is what it takes to get to that position and maybe map something out for myself. So we always thought like, hey, look, you know, trying to figure out competencies. How can we help these career fields? We always thought like the best that we can do, honestly, is maybe like develop your competencies. And it's something that you can have a conversation about. Uh, But we're noticing career fields are kind of like, yeah, this is great. We love this. But all the stuff that you thought that you can do two, three years on the line, we need it now. Uh, So we got these early adopters online uh, and and it's been great because we've got these ideas, but they're also just as excited and kind of pushing us to kind of, hey, come walk with us. We're running. Come run with us. Excuse me. Right. And we're kind of running with them. Uh, So when we're looking at how does that affect maybe something like formal training. Uh, we're currently walking down that path with a, with a few career fields. Uh, we've got a specialty training requirements team, and STRT, uh, scheduled in a few weeks with the 211 Alpha's aircraft maintenance officers. So big shout out to them because they were the first ones to do a study, first one to kind of have a validated model, uh, and they're the first ones to be like, hey, we want to hit the ground running. We want to transform how we're doing learning. We want to transform how we develop our airmen. We want to transform how we're, how we're doing OJT. So it's really excited that we've got not just the career field leadership at half, but it's also the MatchCon functionals and, and, and the team around them and at the schoolhouse that are really excited about where this can kind of go. They see the value in it. Uh, um, so getting back to your original question uh, of, of the formal training uh, standpoint. So uh, I've, I've also been kind of walking hand in hand with the career field management team and the schoolhouse. We have them involved in, in every step of the process. So as we're doing a study, we'll, we'll send out an email or a shout out to the curriculum developers or training manager or someone that's uh, at the schoolhouse and we'll say, hey, would you like to come uh, 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 to the study to at least see this from the ground up and kind of see what we're kind of doing? Because it's, it's all kind of new to a lot of uh, individuals uh, that are out there. Uh, but uh, those curriculum developers, so I'll, I'll, let me go a little bit backwards here. So one of the things that I've actually been doing is, is working with the career management team to identify a few things of how we're going to get there. So one of the first things we did is do something like a gap analysis. Where we identified, hey, look, let's let's look at what's currently being done, and let's match that up to the, the competencies and the behaviors. And just to find out, are there any gaps out there from our training? Uh, and there were things uh, from, from the 21 Alpha side, there were things like, I, I believe it was like process improvement or organizational improvement, some, one of those two, where the second lieutenants, there were like 55, 60% of them were like, hey, we we do this, we do this a lot. It's frequently used uh, type of thing, but there was no formal training at all to help them, to get them there. Uh, type of. So it's something that we're kind of learning on the streets. So it's, it's a gap that we were able to identify. So that was one of the first steps that we did, just kind of have an idea of where the baseline. Uh, from then, uh, we had like a training planning team where we met with some, uh, the career for manager at half, Colonel Maxwell, uh, uh, Colonel Guguinas, uh, the team that he had. We met with a, a few SMEs. Uh, we had some um, some senior captains to help us. Sat in a room and we spent about two days basically kind of building kind of a, a straw man uh, task list something that we can kind of send out to the MagicConf functionals before their STRT and say, hey, look, this is the future, this is the direction that we can go. And we ended up taking their old task list. And I will tell you, they had 5% performance line items. Uh, 95% knowledge, and a lot of the knowledge were very identified, described, uh, kind of like if you look at the Proficiency co it's big A type of uh, knowledge, so uh, kind of basic knowledge uh, type of thing. But And we moved to this new place where we, we did this straw man, uh, we built something a little different. It felt different and looked different. Out of my years of doing curriculum development, it was kind of neat to see something kind of take shape. So we ended up shifting from 5% performance to something about 47 to 48% performance. And then, when you look at the remaining knowledge line items, there were all things like uh, 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 analyzing uh, inf- individuals, comparing, uh, contrasting, uh, uh, synthesizing information, uh, things that you would probably expect that second lieutenant to do. So, ultimately, the straw man that we've kind of helped uh, to, to, to build it, it are those specific tasks that get after those behaviors, that enables that second lieutenant to hit the ground running to be better prepared. Uh, so it's not just that they're getting the knowledge, but they're also-
2: They end up talking to their buddy and say, hey, we're doing this with ours. And then we get a phone call or an email and say- hey. i
1: given this briefing and, you know, a lot of people are like, wow, this is interesting. You know, you know, we've been told like, we got to figure something out. We want to do something different. We're hungry for changing the the way we've always done things because we know it, that's not working. Uh, and then we come out and we give them this briefing and we kind of break it down. We walk to them a little bit more uh, slowly, a little bit more put together than by what we've done here today. Uh, but, we, you know, it's always interesting the feedback we get. It's always like, wow, this is – this is fascinating, where have you been all our lives, right, uh, type of thing, uh, which is, like I said, I don't know, it's kind of exciting, and hopefully we can kind of continue in. And, and, and I will say to anybody out there listening, it's it's uh, the, the analogy, right, that the plane the plane is left off, we're on the plane, we got our parachutes on, and we've got some people outside literally building and turning and finishing the plane. So there are things that we're still working down, like Colonel Wiley said, those, those four areas of talent management that we're still kind of like trying to figure it out with them. To, to make sure that hey, look, uh, uh, what we're doing, we want to make sure that we, we're operating within the confines. We're not trying to change anything, right? We're not trying to change what TBA or after or Tifter was going to look like, uh, type of thing. What we're trying to do is make sure that within the current confines, within the current construct of how the Air Force has everything, in the system, we're trying to operate in that world. Uh, those things that we can change, we, we're definitely having those conversations with with A1 mm-hmm. uh, as well, and, and we're partnering with them, right, to see, hey, look, is there something that we can do maybe with, with like my vector, right? Could this be something that could be incorporated uh, into that system? Uh, and then we're ha- also having those conversations with other uh, entities and other uh, areas to kind of look, hey, look, you know, there's there's things, this is our plan, this is our way forward, this is our future, can we have an open dialogue to see,
0: you know, uh, what we need to do later on? Well, I certainly uh, appreciate you guys' time today. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. It's been great. Thank you. you. Great conversation with Colonel Wiley and Mr. Villanueva. Episode number 17 is in the books. Great times talking about occupational competency model development. And it's really exciting as we look here in AETC to advance force development as a major priority. And so we want to send out a big thank you to both Colonel Wiley and Vinny for spending time with us here on the pod. As a reminder, you can follow Air Education and Training Command via social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as on the web at www.aetc.af.mil. You can also check out the AETC command team there on Facebook and Instagram as well. General Webb and Chief Gudgel. We'll talk to you if you want to talk to them on social media, so I encourage you to give them a follow as well. Thanks for checking out the podcast as we dive into the world of recruiting, training, and education. For our entire AETC public affairs team, I'm Dan Hawkins. So long. We'll talk to you next time on Developing My 21 Airmen.